Welcome to Full Potential, Thriving with Neurodiversities. I'm your host, Sarah Intonato. This podcast teaches parents of children with neurodiversities, such as autism, ADHD, learning disabilities, and beyond, to support their kids in reaching their full potential so that they can thrive instead of letting stereotypes define them. My mission is to end suffering amongst these parents by giving them the tools to heal themselves, which in turn empowers them to be bold, confident advocates for their children. By addressing a variety of topics, such as well-being, advocacy, and spirituality, these parents stop being the victims of a broken system and instead succeed in providing their unique children with exactly what they need to thrive and share their gifts with the world. One by one, these families now change the world through their uniqueness instead of being victimized by it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode where we're taking a deep dive into one of the most toxic patterns that not just parents, but every individual has in their life at some point. And that is the pattern of tolerating things that deep down are not okay for you. And more importantly, or just as importantly, are not okay for your child either. They're not supporting your well-being, but you allow them to be part of your lives anyway. Maybe because the idea of changing them seems like a lot of work and you're tired. Maybe because you don't yet know what your next step should be to change it. And if that's you, that's okay, but I'm going to call you out on staying stuck because nobody wins when you're stuck You're just recreating this pattern all over again. So today we're going to look at where tolerations happen in your life, most frequently as a parent of a child with needs, but also some unexpected places where you might find them, what you can do about them, and most importantly, and we'll start off with this, why it's important to address them immediately. Hang on to your hats. This is going to be a good one. Let's dive in. As you hear the word tolerating, you might be thinking, well, Sarah, isn't that just life? Doesn't everybody have to tolerate something that they don't like or they have to compromise on? And to that, I reply, just because something is common does not mean it's good for you. It does not mean it's okay. And it certainly does not mean it's necessary. So you get to choose, and really that's the essence of this episode. You get to make choices around what you're willing to compromise on and what you won't. The difference is that a toleration is something that is sort of just sliding under the radar or going unnoticed that you don't really like, you know it's not helping you, you know it's not good for your child, but you're just allowing it to continue, almost like you're choosing to not really see it or address it or be conscious of it. That is very different than a compromise that you're aware of, that you're making a choice to work with someone else on in order to receive something in return. That's really the energy of agreement, the energy of conscious choice, which is very different than just tolerating something because it seems like too much work to address it. That's a key difference. And the reason we're looking at this today is because 
when you're tolerating something, it very often goes hand in hand with the energy of being indecisive. Something that seems like it's not favorable, but you're choosing not to address is really procrastination in disguise. It's indecisive energy. You're letting something slide on by because the idea of choosing something different and maybe taking action towards that new difference can seem intimidating. So the energy of being indecisive is where you're at. And it's very much like being stuck in the mud. One of the reasons why it's crucial to address this, whether convenient or not, is that the energy of being indecisive attracts more energy of being indecisive into your life. For example, if you're waiting on someone to get back to you about something important in your life, maybe a doctor or an advocate or even your child's teacher, you know, these decisions have to keep moving in order for your child to make progress, and yet you've been waiting and waiting for people to drag their feet. I bet if you look at your life and take the time to go through your inbox or your unanswered emails or texts or phone calls that have to be returned, you've got some open loops of your own that you have left in that murkiness of indecision where you've not gotten back to people, you haven't made a choice, you have left someone hanging because you're not sure of what action to take. So very often, the more the energy of indecision shows up in your life, the more of it you're going to attract in. So if you're feeling frustrated at how others are in a holding pattern with you, check yourself and see where you've done the same thing, and then go clean it up. Indecisive energy costs you time, it costs you money, and most importantly, it costs you your energy. Wondering about the should I, shouldn't I? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? It's like a constant negotiation back and forth in your head. And that drains you of presence that could be spent in connection with your child or with your partner or in your business in a way that's valuable to you. So any open loops that you've had, it's time to go close them and clear out that energy of indecision and also toleration in your life. Now, let's take a closer look at how tolerating things that deep down you know are not favorable to you perpetuates this toxic cycle of indecision and attracts even more of it into your life. And to start off, I'm going to give a real life example from a lovely woman I spoke to recently who lives on the West Coast and has a child who's on the spectrum, has limited verbal ability, and goes to a public school to a special ed classroom. And there's nothing wrong with this setting. I have a child in a similar setting myself. But as I spoke to this mother, who was incredibly devoted to her child, it became clear that her devotion to her child was actually the thing that was provoking tolerations 
with her child's education and preventing her child from receiving what he was truly entitled to receive in terms of support. So as we were speaking, we were dissecting her child's educational experience and what she wanted to see improve upon. And she confided in me that she was not that impressed with how school was going. The teacher was inexperienced, though very kind. And like many places in the United States right now, they were experiencing staffing shortages. And so I asked if her classroom had been directly affected by the staffing shortages. And she said, oh, absolutely. In fact, they were so short-staffed that they asked the parents to come in to the classroom. These are parents, not teachers, not educational professionals, and act as the paraprofessionals or the aides in the class until they could find new staff. And I left thinking she was going to tell me, that's crazy. You know, I have other children at home. I have to go to work. I have other responsibilities. But she didn't say that. She told me she had been taking turns with other parents to go to the class and basically do the job unpaid that the school was supposed to be providing for her child. And I asked her how long this had been going on. And at that point, it had been a few months. And... I pointed out to her that though she didn't like it, it was not convenient for her schedule. It was not the best educational setting for her child to have his mother in the classroom with him. She was tolerating it anyway and doing this thing that she knew was not ideal for anyone. And I also pointed out to her that by doing so, her school district had zero motivation to go out and find the staff, why would they? One, they're saving money by having parents be in the classroom. Two, they're not breaking any laws according to classroom ratios if they have enough adults in the room. Now, mind you, these are not adults who have educational degrees, though they obviously have tons of life experience being with their own children on the spectrum. But the district was not motivated to change the situation or to prioritize hiring for this particular class because the problem was being tolerated by the families. They were, in essence, acting in a codependent fashion with the district, knowing that what the district was doing was not okay, but allowing them to continue doing it. And of course, the reason was good. They didn't want their children to not be able to attend school. They didn't want their children to suffer or any of those things. And that, so it came from a loving place. But I guarantee if these parents had gotten together, written an email to the district, copied in an attorney and said, hey, listen, this understaffing issue for our children with needs is not okay. You need to get to the bottom of it. You have until the end of the week. They would have done something to improve the situation as opposed to doing nothing. So this is how tolerating becomes very toxic. You never move closer to your goal. Your situation never improves because you're just going along doing this dance back and forth and nobody's really stepping up to say, hey, listen, it's time to change. Now, of course, toleration does not just happen in a school setting. 
I have coached many parents who've come to me saying, the dynamic in my marriage or my relationship is not okay. The dynamic with co-parenting that I'm part of now is not okay. It's unequal. I'm exhausted. I'm doing everything at work. I'm doing everything for the kids. And my spouse is not doing his or her part. And I'm exhausted. Interestingly enough, when I start asking more questions, often when I ask, well, have you talked to your spouse about it? Have you outlined some areas in which they could improve and be more helpful to you? The answer is no. So there's resentment building up. There's exhaustion building up. Yet there has not been a strong conversation or an empowering conversation around we need to take a closer look at this because what's happening here is not healthy and it needs to be improved upon. How can you expect anything to change if nothing changes? And sometimes all that needs to happen in order for change to occur is that strong conversation or that simple note-taking of responsibility so that it can be divvied up. This, of course, happens in work settings as well. Very often, employees are tolerating a workplace setting that does not feel good or is not okay. This also happens even with doctor's appointments or therapist appointments. How many parents have I spoken to who've said, I go to this doctor and I feel like they don't listen to me? Or they've said that about their child's teacher. Or they've said that about the attorney they're working with. Or the advocate they're working with. Or anything. And yet they continue to go because they're afraid of what will happen if they don't. Before we go any further, I want you to pause and grab a pen and some paper and write down one area where you've been tolerating things in your life. I don't care what it is. You don't have to get very specific right now, but I guarantee if you take a deep breath long enough to listen to your gut for just a moment and ask yourself the question, Where have I been tolerating too much? You'll have an answer. You may not yet know what to do about it, but you're definitely one step closer by simply identifying that place and getting clarity around the issue. You can't change anything if you first don't have clarity around what needs to change. So take another breath and commit to, after this episode, writing down three specific things that you are tolerating in this area of your life, and then one action that you're willing to take today, not tomorrow, not next week, because we all know you parents get busy, later never happens. What is one action you're willing to take in one of these areas today? Stop tolerating something that is not okay for you. If you're listening to this episode and thinking, oh, geez, I've been tolerating things all over the map. I'm exhausted. I don't know where to start. Remember, you're not alone. And it is completely commonplace for me to encounter parents who have so many things on fire in their lives that they don't know where to start. If this is you, click the link in the show notes, book in for a roadmap session, 
everything will feel lighter once you have clarity and know where to put your energy first to get the most powerful result that you need in order for everything to start improving. But if you could have done it on your own, it probably would have happened already. Don't forego the help if you need the help. What do you hope to gain by waiting? Again, with that energy of toleration comes indecision. You're essentially telling the universe, hey, I don't really like working with this doctor or this teacher or this style of co-parenting with my partner, but I guess I'm going to do it anyway because I'm not worth more. I'm not worth putting in the time and the energy to get something that really makes me feel good. So I'm just going to stay over here and hang out. Ironically, people do this because they think it's going to save them energy, but they're not taking into account the mental exhaustion that comes in day in and day out from being in a situation that you don't like, that stifles you, that makes you worry about the long term because deep down you know even the short term is not feeling solid. As I've said before, school is often an area where parents come to me saying, I'm tolerating this, it's going okay, but I know this is not really helping my child. This is especially true for parents of kids with limited verbal ability or who are classified as nonverbal or non-speaking. It happens a lot because very often assumptions are made around their child's capabilities that aren't true. And then entire schooling programs are created around this idea which is not always true. And the idea, the concept of taking on a classroom, a district, and trying to create change, sometimes when no one else before you has done so successfully, is draining. It's easier for some to stick their heads in the sand and just let their children carry on do their best, and hope things will eventually change. But to those people, I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life, in any area, when you didn't quite know how things were going to pan out, but you knew there had to be a better way? So you just jumped in, took one step, and trusted Things were going to work out. And they did. Why is your child's education less important? In fact, I would argue it's the most important thing. It's going to help them get on the trajectory they need to thrive in adulthood. So don't tolerate it if you know in your gut it's not going the way it needs to go for them to thrive. Book a roadmap session, or if you want to start smaller, join my masterclass in the show notes below around how to improve your child's education right now. It's a low price point. It's delivered right to your inbox, and immediately you can start to create a shift in your world, a shift that will pay dividends for years to come.
So if this episode felt a little bit like a slap in the face with love, sorry, not sorry. I'm here to wake you up. I'm here to show you that you don't have to tolerate things that aren't okay for you or your child. You deserve more. They deserve more. I'm here to help you achieve that more, even if no one else in your life thinks it's possible. Thank you for listening. Connect with me. If you're not in the show notes, clicking those links, I want you to connect with me on Instagram, sarah.intonato. I give tons of free content there and I love seeing real people just like you pop into my DMs and say hi. I'm a real person behind the computer. I know you are too. So let's connect. You're not alone. Have a great day. Take care. Take care. If today's show resonated with you, please leave a review through your favorite podcast provider as it's an important step in allowing new listeners to find us when they need to hear this message in their own lives. 